Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hunting with Row wrapping place up the week. This place is slammed today. It is. On this Friday. Big uh, concert at the arena in Music City. And It's uh, amazing how the weather, the weather affects this place, too. It gets a little bit nice one time, and hey. people are out. Yep. And then everyone gets sick because it'll get cold again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's how it goes. It's the fact of life. Every year around the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm going to get sick. It's either right before or, right or during after. or right after I'm, I'm sick. From Super Bowl week. Chad, we have uh, Ryan Leaf who will join us uh, coming up in 30 minutes or so here at outkick.com slash watch. Looking forward to that. Uh, dumpster fire of the week straight ahead too. Uh, but we've got the hiring cycle complete across the NFL. I'm going to give you the eight coaches and the hires ranked according to, I guess, me. And then you can rip me apart based on... And tell me where you're surprised on this on this list. I've got one one area of surprise. Okay. Uh, let's start with my lowest ranking. Uh, it starts in Atlanta with Raheem Morris. And here's why. Uh, Raheem Morris, the Falcons went from Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh, talking to both, to Raheem Morris, who's a former interim coach for them. I realize that Arthur Blank may have realized, hey, uh, I should have kept him around when I had the chance. Uh, he trusts his management there uh, with McKay, uh, with uh, Fontenot, but it's tough to view this as a great hire when you go from one side of the pendulum to the coordinator side. And this, they set themselves up for this, being as obvious as they were with their search. He has a lot to work with there, but again, it's viewed as their fourth or fifth choice. And Callahan, who went to the Titans, was due in Atlanta the next day. Raheem Morris at the bottom of my list. I think this is an easy last place selection. Okay. So I, I am totally with you on this one. This hire to me reeks of just hiring your buddy. Hiring who you're comfortable with, who you know. And again, I, I, right when it happened, I said it. He, he admitted a mistake. In his mind, he's thinking we should have hired Raheem Morris and not Arthur Smith. The last go around, and I can't get past that mentally. Keep in mind. Even though I've talked to Bill Belichick multiple times, talked to Mike Vrabel, I'm talking to different people, I can't – 14 interviews they conducted, I think. And I can't get past this guy right. that I feel like we missed on. And keep in mind, Arthur Blank sided with McKay and Fontenot, who did not want Bill Belichick there. Um, and, of course, Harbaugh chose – Los Angeles. Yeah, and it, look, it may work out, Could. but he's he's sure. siding with his guys yep. that are working there currently. And the players and he's, will like I him. think he's going back to, I like Raheem Morris yep. from his time with us, and we're going to go hire him, even if it's not the best candidate. Coming in as the uh, bottom runner-up for me, uh, Dave Canales with the Carolina Panthers. Really no fault of his own. He shot up the boards because he worked with Geno Smith a year ago this past season. Uh, did great work as well in Tampa, working with uh, Baker Mayfield. Two resurrections. There. Yes. Right? Geno Smith resurrection and, and then the Baker Mayfield resurrection. Yeah, and people within the league, they feel like he would be, he fits the mold of a head coach more than offensive coordinator. So I, I take all that into account. 
uh, or quarterback coach. Problem is, he's working for David Tepper. They're on their seventh coach in five years. Welcome to number seven on this list. Easy for you? I think not just Canales. I really believe this. I think anyone the Panthers would have hired okay. would have been in the last two spots because of that situation. I, I don't think Even that I don't think their talent pool was okay. very good. That's fair. So I'm totally fine with the Dave Canales hire, Hutton, and I'm totally fine with this being second to last on the ranking, right? I, I just think anyone that they anyone they could have hired, you could have put last or second to last because a lot of the candidates were not available to the Carolina Panthers. So Dave Canales is as good as anyone they could have hired, and I'm good with it being second to last on the list. I've got no objection so far. Dan Quinn's next for me, landing with the Washington Commanders. I really like this job. I thought it was among the best. Uh, Dan Quinn has been patient the last couple of years. He's interviewed and has been a candidate and interviewed twice with the Broncos, back-to-back years. Didn't take either spot. Um, And then uh, across the league, six other jobs he's interviewed for. Decided not to take the job in Carolina, for instance, and other spots. Um, No one wanted this job. Why? And if Dan Quinn's being patient, to me, you jump at the opportunity to bring him in and you you hire him immediately. This was the last job opening. Uh, many thought he was going to get the Seattle gig. Seattle, who has a history with him, passed on him to take a younger version of him. And sounds like Washington wanted McDonald. I have Dan Quinn further down the list than what I thought I would when we started this exercise. I, I, I disagree with you on this one. I, I think he should have been higher on the list. There's not a lot of candidates out there that have taken a team to a Super Bowl uh, that could have been hired. Uh, he spent six years in Atlanta. It was bad in the end, but mostly pretty good for that organization. And getting to that Super Bowl, now the, the, the blowing the lead the in the Super Bowl wasn't great, right? That wasn't a good part of it. But, um, I, I mean, look, I, I look at him like I look at Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel spent six years somewhere. He didn't go to the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn did. Last two years are bad. Last two years are bad for Mike Vrabel. I would have had Mike Vrabel higher on this list had he been hired by someone too. So I'm, I'm putting him higher on my list than where you have him. And we're going to get to at some point, I think, the person I'd swap him with okay. outright. Let me, do, let me give another example of why he's low. Ben Johnson turned this job down. Dan Quinn didn't, and he's been patient. That's, to me, I just, I, that's fascinating. I think Ben Johnson, it, it's not about the commanders as much as this guy just really is in a spot right now where he's saying, unless you give me everything, I'm not going to leave this spot because I, I'm really comfortable being the offensive coordinator for the Lions. And I, I am warning him right now, if you do this again, it's going to backfire because then people are going to say you're eccentric, you don't really want to be a head coach, and you're not going to get as many looks. Or you may turn yourself into this legend yep. that you, whoever nabs you has done something brilliant by finally getting you to accept their job. Um, Next up, Mike McDonald with the Seahawks. Lots of promise, and he's middle of the pack for me here. Uh, Youngest coach in the NFL. I get it. The thing is, lots of promise with a solid organization and with a great general manager in John Schneider. I think that structure allows him to be more successful. And again, they're... They're giving him the reign to hire the coaches that he wants to bring in. There's no doubt in my mind that he's called on Jim Harbaugh and others about preparing for the Washington offense and what we could see with Ryan Grubb, who he could hire as the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. Again, middle of the pack here. Uh, Multiple teams wanted him. 
he chose to stay in Seattle. I think when we get now, we're getting, the, the, as you said, the middle of the pack. When we get three through five, okay. I think you could interchange a lot of these guys. I'm fine with Mike McDonald, where you have him, Hutton, at, at number five. Right there, pretty close to squarely in the middle. I do think his upside is gigantic, given his age and, and what he's done as a defensive coordinator. But in the middle of this group is about where he should live. So I'm, I'm taking my uh, our own experience here, Chad, and I'm putting Antonio Pierce ahead of Mike McDonald. Uh, who is carried over as the interim as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Here's why. A couple of reasons. Number one, I saw what the Titans did with Mike Malarkey. And while it was laughed at at the time, Mike Malarkey ended up winning nine games, and then he was booted. But he did get them back to a certain level where you could go and take you to the next level. They won a playoff game in Kansas City. They did. Uh, That's number one. I'm not saying that Pierce is going to be uh, Malarkey either. Number two, the locker room loves this dude. Loves this dude. And number three... Uh, well, the Raiders get it right after getting it wrong two years ago where this same situation came up. Rich Basakia finished the season strong, and then they end up going with Josh McDaniel. And after they fired Gruden, they get Basakia. They should have kept him on based on the way they finished that season. They didn't. And they're hiring another coach two years later. I like where they end up. And they did their due diligence and still came back to him. I think that's important. I would have swapped Pierce and Quinn right here. I think okay. the six and four, because I, I still don't know about Pierce. I like the way that team responded to him. Yeah. I also can't sit here and say I fully trust the Raiders locker room to be the determining factor on who should be the head coach. If this was um, the New England Patriots of old, if this was another team that Go I felt on. like had a really strong culture and they all said, this is the guy that should be the head coach. This yeah. is who we want to play for. I'd be much more apt to agree with it. I do, though, think that they made the right decision. I do, too. I got no issue with That's that. That's how I'm ranking. I, 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 I think they made the right call, and yeah. they corrected a mistake. But I, I would take the guy who's been to a Super Bowl I, before and has got the longer track Chad, record in Dan Quinn. The way you just described that is how I did this list as the tiebreaker for me. I treated, did they make the right decision in my mind, like Mark Cuban would with diversity? Yeah, exactly. But that it carries more weight. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You need uh, you, you need to go DEI right. first, right? And then qualifications like winning and intelligence and everything else after that. Chad, that's even, what we've learned. Uh, next, even though he's Sarcasm. white, even though he's white, I put Brian Callahan uh, ahead of, of Antonio you? Pierce. Yes. Uh, How dare you, Hutton? Brian Callahan, third on my list because he chose the Titans as much as the Titans Titans chose him. They zeroed in on him. They looked around, they got him in, didn't let him leave on the second interview, and he had other interviews lined up because he was one of the the hot candidates during this coaching cycle because of his background developing quarterbacks, developing but also coaching and getting the trust of some all-time greats. From Peyton Manning to Matthew Stafford, uh, worked with Rich Gannon whenever he was around his father. He's now landed his father, the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Um, you will have uh, Callahan there coaching the offensive line, but you'll also uh, have some younger coaches that will be a lot like him. And I think that's a, a breath of fresh air for the Tennessee Titans organization. And again, the fact that he is as bought in as they are with him puts him third on my list. I haven't heard a bad thing about this dude. I love this fact, by the way. First ever NFL head coach to hire his father on his staff. That's a first NFL think, history. What do you think? I'm kind of surprised about that, honestly. What do you? I am too. What do you think? You would the, think Monty Kiffin went with Lane when he was so young yeah, with the that's Raiders. That's a great thing. That's a great question. But he was stayed with Tampa at the time. He was under contract there, and I think he stayed. Interesting. Uh, number two. Uh, let me let me say this okay. about Callahan also. Go ahead. 
Um, Go on. We're here in Nashville. A lot of Titans fans will ask us questions. And I get the question, what do you think about the Titans and Brian Callahan? And my response is always this. It makes a ton of sense. I can see exactly what they're thinking. I understand it. Mm -hmm. You had defense before. You had this totalitarian regime under Mike Vrabel that, that did things a certain way. And they went with a guy who is affable. He's going to show more flexibility. And he's an offensive mind. He wants to throw the football. Yep. He wants to score a bunch of points. He's young. He's charismatic. It makes sense to me. So I like it. I, I, I got no problem with him at number three. I think you could go, you know, two to five okay. with Callahan. And I'd have been okay. I could have even put him up one more spot higher. So could I you just put... see this. It's a, it's a higher that makes sense. Who right? would you have higher than Callahan if you're moving Callahan down? McDonald? Um, Dan Quinn? Yeah, I think I would have gone McDonald. I think Dan Quinn certainly could have been three on this list also. Not not Antonio Pierce, but we, it's almost we have different categories of hires. Yeah. Right? Panthers fall in the category of, well, I like, um, this is the best they could have done. I I'm like okay the with the options action. they had. Yeah, Raheem Morris falls into the, you're falling back on something from before. Antonio Pierce is the one that, it's the right call. But I'm not going to sit here and say Antonio Pierce is one of the best coaches on this list because I don't know because we haven't seen enough. And then Callahan to me is just, this makes perfect sense. I think it makes so much sense for the Titans right now to hire Brian Callahan. I, See, I'm good I, with it. And you're right about the qualifications. I, I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, the, the definitive action to get your guy, consider it since 2020, four football seasons, there have been 35 NFL head coaching hires. 24 of the 32 teams have changed coaches. And for me, the fact that the Raiders did this search and came back to Antonio Pierce, at least they feel like organizationally they've got their guy. And that's why Gerard Mayo is number two on my list with the New England Patriots. Coach in waiting, even though while all the discussion about Mike Vrabel was out there for the entire season, coach in waiting didn't speak up and say anything. You didn't hear anything about that contract. And here's Gerard Mayo, and I, I trust Robert Kraft. Uh, everywhere except for or Orchids of Asia Day Spa. Uh, <laughs> I trust Robert Kraft. Um, hey, they trust him the, there for the, money. They, they got paid a lot there. Oh, he the, kept Orchids of Asia alive, afloat, for many years. He did. Many others did, too, apparently. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gerard Mayo. The, the I trust him to know what he wants. They made, the move, they made the move a year early, and he is... You know, the, the player version of Bill Belichick. That was his nickname, was Bill on the practice field. He's the he's going to be a different version of that, but it's still in, in lockstep with what Robert Kraft is expecting. I think the way they went about this, it was, uh, well, it was Robert Kraft-esque. Let's say that. Look, this has, uh, we, we joked earlier, this, this one to me, my opinion, has nothing to do with DEI. All right, on, no. on this one. No. He played there. He was a leader on the team. Yep. Well-respected. Got along with everyone, but everyone respected his authority. He he went into the into private business, came back, got into coaching. Everyone immediately respected him as a coach, respected him as a figure in the locker room and someone who knew a lot. I watched the press conference with him. I, I'm impressed by pretty much everything he had to say. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I think this is the right move for number two on the list, Hutton. I'm, I'm squarely with you on this one. And, he had, and you see immediately why everyone likes him so much yeah. and responds to him, and they knew it, and no one else could know it the way they knew it. 
And they did it. And that's what that's what Robert Kraft does. He goes for it, as we just said. Yeah, he does. And, he does. And good job by Gerard Mayo hiring an offensive coordinator who's actually, you know, coached offense. Yeah. Props there. Um, and let's also just mention with him, he's he turned down other jobs last offseason. He knew he was doing this. He thought he was going to get it after next season, not this one. I think he's ready. Uh, and, and finally, Jim Harbaugh. Is there is anyone having a better 2023-24 than Jim Harbaugh? Wins a national championship and defies the NCAA. Sends out Connor Stallions. And the only person to raise his hand and say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm taking the fall for this, is Connor Stallions. Then proclaims his innocence on the podium. Charlie Baker says that Michigan won fair and square. And then he gets the job that he wanted. He parlays a $12.5 million per year offer, which made him the highest paid coach in the college football, into $16 million a year. And he's talking about getting in an RV and driving out and sleeping in the RV while they're building this facility for the Chargers practice uh, area. Like, he's sitting there joking, and he inherits a, a roster that's pretty good, and he inherits the quarterback that's ready to take everything to the next level. And he's at the podium proclaiming that they win, They need to win multiple Super Bowls to call it a success. Jim Harbaugh's got it made, and so do the Chargers. They get their guy for the, Chad mentioned, the celebrity aspect of the coaching cycle. Uh, some got involved, some didn't. But ultimately, the Chargers end up spending the top dollar. And the entire discussion about going back west, it was all true. Harbaugh gets what he wants, and so do the Chargers. The man was 44-19 and 19 as an NFL head coach. No one else is going to have that winning percentage in their time there. He got his team to a Super Bowl, was right there on the doorstep with Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback, which looking back now, yeah. with quarterbacks who have been there or won it, that was quite the accomplishment yeah. to reach that level with him and to devise an offense around Colin Kaepernick. It was a slam dunk hire of this, of this cycle. No notes, Hutton. No notes at all on that number one listing for you. The only thing that I wish would have happened is that Connor Stallions was on the staff immediately. Uh, director of scouting, Connor Stallions. Director of espionage. Director of security. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Chad, um, the whole Michigan thing was a dumpster fire uh, with the NCAA, the way that they take their time and everything. Dumpster fire of the week. Let's jump right into it. It's the NCAA this week, too. They're getting owned yet again. Uh, not supposed to be commenting on uh, ongoing investigations. They're doing it anyway and then getting blasted and owned and teabagged by the uh, AD at Tennessee and uh, practically any athletic program that wants to do it could. Uh, the, the program that cooperated with them is now, you know, throwing the middle finger up to them. That is a dumpster fire. And now they need Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti to actually come up with a compromise that keeps a structure of the NCAA together. Because that's their last-ditch effort. It's a mess. It's awful. And honestly, we could have said this every week for the last however many weeks we want to say it. Yeah, you really could. Um, I, I could say this all the time, too. I, I feel like there's once or twice a day that I look down on Twitter yeah. and I say to myself, why do I follow E! News or Entertainment Weekly? I get some good tidbits from it, but I occasionally come across a headline of a story that just really pisses me off. Yeah. Um, and, and this is one of them. Headline. From E! News, Alyssa Milano shares hurtful messages her son received after she posted his baseball team's fundraiser. I went in the story. There was one guy 
There was one guy who, I don't know how he found Alyssa Milano's 12-year-old son Instagram, but said your mother should be ashamed of herself for what she did. And he said, I love my mother. Why would I be ashamed of her? And Alyssa Milano, always wanting to play the victim, ran to E! News, who ran with this story uh, on this. Um, look, Alyssa Milano, there's got to be some Samantha from Who's the Boss money laying around somewhere. You don't need to put out a GoFundMe. If you want to do a fundraiser, hey, you know, uh, this much money and you get to enter to win this, I- I'm more okay with that. If you're offering up Who's the Boss gear or uh, something from the set for the highest bidder or whatever, fine. Straight up GoFundMe for your Los Angeles-based, I'm sure not cheap area of L.A., travel baseball team to go when you're a celebrity, not a great look. And now she's falling back on what so many fall back on, victimhood. Now I'm the victim. Now I'm targeted for this. I sent this message and this this story to both Hutton and Clay Travis this morning. Clay, if you remember, very charitable, paid yeah. off the, the whole deal, seven hundred ninety-four dollars, and Clay wanted her to you know thank him or something. And I sent Clay this story, and Clay's response was as follows: I still don't think she's thanked me, has she? I haven't seen it. No, she hasn't. She hasn't thanked you. Chad said, "Of course not." Um, I have to unfollow Entertainment E Weekly, but there's it's too much good stuff. I'm mining so much good content from this, like this Alyssa Milano story that I can't stop. I unfollowed whenever uh, the Joe whole Rivers Alyssa Milano away. GoFundMe account for the Suns baseball team just straight up give us money for nothing. That is the dumpster fire of the week. You're right. Chad, I don't know if my story's made it to entertainment uh, news yet, but it, it should be. And my dumpster fire of the week is Kyle Walker. If you haven't heard that guy's name before, you shouldn't be surprised unless you really follow the Premier League and you're a fan of Man City. But Kyle Walker is in the news because, you know, he is about to be a father, uh, him and his wife. She's having their fourth child. So it's like, yeah. all right, guys, welcome, welcoming a new member to the family. Well, his wife has actually allowed him back into the family because – Recent, well, a couple of years ago, he fathered another child with his mistress. So she was very gracious to allow Kyle to come back. Well, now more news has come out that Kyle, while his wife is seven months pregnant, has also impregnated the same mistress once again. So I did some digging on the guy's stats. He's got six goals in his career. He's got six kids. So one goal per kid. He is struggling all across the board. And this week it's been, I feel for his his wife and the kids, because I mean, it's at the point, like you're probably not coming back from being able to mend that relationship. And that sucks, but Kyle continues to screw up. And for that reason, he is my dumpster fire. I I feel bad for everyone involved. I kind of feel bad for Kyle also trying to think about navigating that situation. Certainly he, he had his part in this It made his mistakes, but man, that's a, that's a difficult back and forth when you got the two families all of the yeah, same age, that's, uh, right? They're all right there in the same well, age. He was planning on trying to just keep his second, well, I guess the second child a secret from his wife. But the mistress reached out to his wife and let him know, like, hey. But like, the wife's still there? Sounds no, like she's, she's down. She's kicked him out. Oh, okay. she has kicked him out. Yes. Not, she, she welcomed him back after. The first time. The first time. And then, and then, and then which she didn't know about. Yeah. Then while she was didn't pregnant, yep. he got someone else Not pregnant. You. And then that's where it ended. Uh, Ryan Leaf's about to join us uh, momentarily. We'll uh, get his take on uh, the NCAA and what's going on with all this NIL mess. Plus, he only uh, has one family. We do want to make that clear. And and, and a newborn, too. One family with a newborn. Um, Not two newborns at once, like this guy. One newborn at at a time. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Like most most Americans. Uh, Did you see the, uh, the enhanced Olympics that someone wants to create? 
the enhanced Olympic Games. I've not seen the this. steroid games. Sign me up. Well, well this where, is Hutton's dream. For, I mean, it's a lawsuit waiting. Yeah, to I mean, happen, well, it it was the. Uh, Major League Baseball starting line. Did you just become head of the IOC? This has been Hutton's dream for years. The alternative to Olympics where steroids are allowed. Uh, Pete Thiel, the billionaire, is uh, trying to get this going. Plus, there's a doctor that wants to perform a study on this. Uh, as the, like the, the the idea, the the brainstorm uh, behind it. Uh, I, I mean, okay. First thing I thought of, Chad, was I could see this on WWE. Well, but, I, first but, thing I think of is it's already that way if you have the right masking agents. Exactly. Because, I mean, people are doing what they have to do as long as they know the formula to cover up for it by the time the Olympics come around. So I think we're already witnessing it. I want Lance Armstrong's take on this. I want to know, like, how, like, how rampant it is that's not being caught, you know, because he did it for forever, and how far ahead the performance-enhancing drugs are to the to the actual tests. Um, but, I mean, just... Would I watch this like I watched the uh, Ice Cube 3-on-3 three three league one time? Yeah, I would. I would. Well, I think it's just Olympics on steroids. So it's just... Uh, it's all saying, the same but, events, yeah. Yeah, but what would we have... Uh, <laughs> Which I think that's the Olympics now anyway. So let's just watch the Olympics. Paris 2024. Let's watch this summer, everyone. Oh, it is this summer. Yeah. Coming up. I think it's like early I see, I've lost. You know how you lose count on like eligibility for football players? I've lost count of the limits based on well, like it, everything being it's moved It's actually around. great because I, I looked at the dates, the 17 days or whatever it yeah. takes place over. And I mean, it is right last day of July or first day of August up until two weeks before football season. Right? It's going to get you through yeah. most of August and then go right into football season. Ryan Leaf joins us when we return on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on here at outkick.com slash watch. One of our favorite visits of the week happening right now. Ryan Leaf joins us to discuss all things football and beyond. Ryan, hope you're doing well, man. Good to see you again. You too. How's everything going, fellas? Going well. We're trying to solve the NCAA's issues. Do uh, you have any, any thoughts there? Any solutions instead of just uh, uh, back and forth banter and statements? <laughs> That's what we've been covering. 
Yeah, I just get rid of it. You know, if I'm this, you know, this alliance that the Big Ten is SEC, this is this is what I spoke of, you know, the National Collegiate Football League. It's coming. It's just may come a lot sooner now because the NCAA just pretends to have teeth and just doesn't have any real ability to legislate anything because no one controls anything. I said it before. All they are is a, is the world's largest party planning uh, company that there is. Uh, they just plan a big party every March uh, yep. for a bunch of basketball, and uh, that's all. And so if I'm any NCAA, uh, you know, I quotation marks there, you know, uh, organization or facility or university in the country right now, if they if, if the NCAA comes with anything, I'm just, hey, you know, beat it. I, we don't care what we don't care what you have to say. We're as, gonna, you're, we're gonna as, do as you're saying this, Ryan, I'm I'm thinking you're just uh, spitballing here. Compare your college era, uh, the the personalities playing, uh, from uh, you and Peyton and Charles Woodson and Randy Moss, I mean, and then the personalities coaching to now, and how if the same situation was happening then, would it be handled differently from the player stance? Meaning. Uh, we hear a more vocal and frustrated group instead of one that is, I don't know who's representing them in these meetings. The alliance is happening. I didn't hear anything in the statement that said the players are going to be represented there, for instance. Yeah, I mean... You think it's about the same? Uh, no, I, I think that the, there was a ton of fear around the NCAA when I was playing. I okay. mean, you, you did not want to make a misstep because you did not want the possibility of your eligibility being taken away. So... Uh, there was teeth to it. Uh, and then, you know, as you, as you evolve and as we learn um, how you were being taken advantage of, uh, you know, all the money that was being made, all the things that, that go into it, you ultimately uh, find the ability to stand up and understand that they can't and will not function unless you exist. That's why they fought tooth and nail to keep NIL out of the conversation. And a big reason why it has gone run rampant is because, of how they dismantled the the committee that was going to oversee it, um, you know, during the process of them going to the Supreme Court and and watching it be struck down. So, yeah, I, I think it's night and day in terms of you know the the fear. I don't think there's one bit of fear of anybody. If they, I mean, how are they going to absolutely um, you know administrate uh, any sort of um, punishment or anything like that? I'd lo I'd love to see them try to do that against an SEC program. Now, I. I would really love to see them try to do it. I don't know what what that would look like, but it, it they're just they're just toothless and uh, they know it. If Ryan Grubb leaves Alabama for the NFL and for the Seattle Seahawks, how big of a blow is that to Kalen DeBoer's first staff and first year at Alabama? I mean, it's it's a decent deal. Those two combined, uh, you know, it's Kalen DeBoer's offense. Okay. It's Ryan Grubb ran it with his own little uh, twist on some things, but it was this is Kalen DeBoer's offense from where he started. So um, if Kalen has to call the plays for a year while he facilitates uh, trying to find the next fit, um, you know, that's fine too. Kalen DeBoer is the, the great coach in all this. He's got great coaches that have coached underneath him, but let's not forget that that the the great coach that was hired by Alabama is Kalen DeBoer. And he'll do a good job of finding others to contribute, but he is the guy that that is the brains and brawn and strength behind all of it when it's all said and done. So, Ryan, let's stay in, in your uh, home state of, of Washington with, with this one. We had this discussion about NFL quarterback prospects 
and the quarterback prospect that can fit the most offenses in the NFL, that you don't necessarily have to design a specific scheme for them to succeed. They can fit in the most spots. And we brought up Michael Penix Jr. as maybe that guy that could fit in the most spots in the NFL. Is he that guy, or do you see someone else out there that you feel like could be more of a plug-and-play type player for most offenses? Um, yeah, I, th- I think Caleb Williams is a guy that if you asked him to stay in the pocket uh, and and just do everything with uh, with his arm, uh, like Michael Penix Jr. does, um, he'd be very capable of doing that, you know. I think what the future of the quarterback over the next decade is going to look like is going to look very, uh, it's going to have to look very much like Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, I think most offenses are going to look more like that where the quarterback is extremely athletic and can use his legs uh, when called upon. Um, You know, you got Josh Allen, you got Lamar Jackson. You know, I would say, uh, I would argue that, that Bo Nix is probably a guy that, that, that is someone you would, uh, you'd probably take a look at as, as what the future of the quarterback position at the NFL level looks like. So the only problem is with all that, some of these great quarterbacks that are coming out, they're most likely going to go to bad teams because that's what happens. My hope is that Michael Penix Jr., because for whatever reason, people want to associate his uh, injury issues um, back before he just played like 32 games against the toughest competition uh, in college over the last two years and and dominated. Um, that he may fall to a spot where he goes to a, a pretty reparable uh, franchise, and that gives him maybe the best chance of anybody to succeed. I hope that's the case. So um, as you watch Patrick Mahomes right now, Ryan, what do you think of? Because I, I've bet against them the last two games here. I'm not going to do it again. I've already told myself, don't do it again. And what I've seen throughout this playoff run compared to what I saw in the regular season. Um, do you agree? And... Where is he compared to just the rest of this quarterback era that he's playing in? What standard, what bar has he set? I mean, he's, it's, he's set a, a, a standard and an expectation that's just uh, no one else can reach. They just can't. He's proven that. Six consecutive AFC championships, this time for the first time on the road against the number one and number two seeds knocking them down. I was with you. I went. I bet against them the last two games, kind of. Uh, last week, I, I just... I, I kind of started falling into place because I talked about it too much. I talked about how this is this is where they live. This is where they eat. This is where they make their money. And so before I could even go and talk myself out of it over the next two weeks, when the opening line came out, I was yeah. like, I jumped all over it, right? It was, I think, uh, the night it opened, it was like two and a half two and plus a half. two and a half. Yep. And I said, and I jumped all over that. Um, and uh, and I suspect it will kind of it went down to one. Now it's back up to two. Wouldn't be surprised if come game day it's a pick 'em or even the Chiefs are favored because I three consecutive weeks is the dog and they have played about as perfect a football as you can going into those two uh, venues and the communication was unbelievable. No pre-snap penalties and maybe two of the loudest venues in all of football. You're right. Yeah, that's a great point. And that, that was just that's leadership. That's preparation. He's he's in his zone. I remember the Houston Rockets teams back in the day when Michael Jordan was out for those two years. Uh, they just kind of regular season phoned it in a lot. They said we just got to be one of the top eight. We got to get in. We got to get in, and then we just dominate. And and maybe there's something to it. But I also think Andy Reid utilized the fact that they had to go on the road for the first time in the era of of him and Patrick, and he used it as a a new goal setting type of thing. He's like. 
well, we've never done this. We've never done that. And they've gone and got it done. And so um, uh, I, I, he's just the best quarterback in all of football. He is, uh, uh, he's a winner. He's a leader. And I don't, I don't feel it doesn't really matter what San Francisco does in this game. Ultimately, uh, uh, Patrick's going to win another championship. Can you try to describe the connection that he and Kelsey have? Is there an example in your playing past that you had with a connection with a player like this? And what, maybe the closest. And, and how jealous are you that, you that Mahomes and Kelsey are this connected where they don't even have to really do anything except for just make a move and they kind of know like a, an extra arm where the other's going with the football? Yeah, for me, it was uh, my time at Washington State. It was a young wide receiver named uh, Chad Carpenter. Uh, he just, you know, he spent time with me in the summer, like when other guys wanted to go home or didn't stick around, he was there every day working out, throwing, uh, and we just, we just knew, uh, each other, like the back of our hands when we got on the field. And so when, you know, adverse situations happened, big moments, um, he was getting the rock and he was exactly where he was supposed to be. And, uh, so yeah, I understand what that feels like. And there's a trust, right? There is an absolute uh, trust to what Patrick Mahomes feels and what he sees with Travis Kelsey. And when things get scary or when things get uh, a little dicey and chaotic, I mean, you, you see he's, he's looking up 8-7 and, and he knows that he's going to be there for him. I'm curious about the football protocol when it comes to Justin Tucker versus Travis Kelsey uh, in the pregame warm-up where Kelsey did not like where he moved his helmet and the footballs and tossed them aside Who's right? Who's wrong? Is anyone right or wrong in this situation? What What did you see when we break down the film, Ryan? Yeah, Travis is by far uh, right in this situation. Uh, you know, kickers are uh, kickers are weirdos, man. They're like yeah. goalies <laughs> in hockey. They're they're just weird dudes. You don't see them all year long, except for like five minutes at the end of practice. Uh, I don't know what they're doing over on that other field you know, sniffing glue. I don't know, you know, you know, working on their golf swing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're weird dudes. I would have just, I'd have booted him in his ass and said, get the hell off our, our side here. We got the MVP here um, warming up. And if you cause him to get injured with your damn helmet or your little flippity thing that holds the ball, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a lot worse. So yeah, yeah, kickers just need to shut up, go do their job, make the kick. Cause that's, that's all they're asked to do. And then just kind of you know go over and hide at the end of the bench. That's all that. That's all they need to do. No one needed to hear a thing from Justin Tucker this week. It was very odd to me in in, in reviewing the film how he had his little hold thing up where it was on the goal line, football facing that that upright, and it looked like he was lining up to kick from the goal line, which you would never do. It was like a snap coming out of the end zone at the angle he was at. I was very confused about the whole setup where he was. Kickers have weird warm-ups, yes. man. You know, it's, crazy. it's. I mean, like I, think, I said, I think I've seen him do that where he kicks and he's he trying tries to hit, to the, hit upright. the upright as a, like an accuracy. Yeah, thing. no, he's trying. He's trying to be accurate. He's trying to be like a, a quarterback in hitting a bucket. You know, it's it's why it's what what makes him so great. I mean, it does. But come on, as soon as, as soon as Pat and. Travis, get down there. Just pick up your stuff and go to the other side. Well, they're normally go down the other side where you're. Got, where, they're normally out for warmups really early. How early would you go out? Because yeah. it looked like really early in warmups that Mahomes and Kelsey were out there. Yeah, I don't get why kickers are out there so early, man. I'm, you just you, you literally could stand on the sideline the entire game after that point and not do anything. You may kick <laughs> off to open the game, uh, and, you know. So 
I don't get it. I mean, you know, I, the self-importance of kickers, man, it's just, it's odd. It's weird. And, uh, you know, what I assume needs to happen at some point. Hey. I think Pat Mac, I think Pat McAfee has emboldened kickers out there everywhere. And they just need to understand that, that, uh, um, that's not that's not reality. That is uh, WWE writing that's been put into place, and uh, uh, you know, just NFL scripted. The ball. NFL scripted. Yep. I, the ball. I, I I did laugh at Tucker's explanation where he was saying, "Look, I'm just a professional, exactly like these guys. Uh, they're getting ready for their, their for the game. I'm preparing for the game. We're out there. We're equals. We're the exact same. I'm just preparing myself for that. I'm thinking it's a little different." What Mahomes and Kelsey are about how many to times you think he said, to you. How many times do you think he? How many times do you think he said that to himself in the mirror to make him be able to say it out in public? Finally, <laughs> like every night, I'm, it's a like, man. I'm, I'm like tough. everybody. I'm a man. I'm I tough. am a professional I'm a, I'm athlete. Tough. I'm tough. Yes. I'm he tough. certainly I'm did tough. after that 63 yarder or whatever. Yeah, he did for sure. Hey, final thing. I I, I ranked uh, my my hires eight to one across the NFL. And we're going to throw this graphic up, I believe. What do you think when you see this? In my where am I way off base um, from my? my rankings of what I think just made sense for each organization. Um, just first blush. Yeah, I, I would, the Jim Harbaugh, the Jim Harbaugh, uh, hire is great. It's, it really is. I think it's a huge one. I think the Antonio Pierce one, I think I'd put Mike McDonald up there a lot higher. I, I think he's an incredibly good football coach caring. He's going to an organization that, uh, that a standard and, uh, an identity has been set with, uh, um, you know, with Pete Carroll. So I put Mike McDonald up there uh, much higher. Like the Dan Quinn to Washington one, I don't even know what that is, to yeah, be exactly, honest with exactly. you. You know, I, I I don't know why Dan would want to take that job. He must, he just wanted to take a head coaching job, I guess. It just, uh, and so, uh, and the Raheem Morris, I like the Raheem Morris when I put that one higher. I put the Canales, Quinn, uh, probably, you know, Callahan in my, you know, who's, who's a good coach, but has never called an offense or never really uh, done anything for us to be able to place him that high until he's done something. Same with Gerard Mayo. We just, we have no idea. And I think there's, there's something to be said about uh, um, th- those other guys and the opportunities that they're, they're, they're going to get and, and go about their business. But just like every year, there's that, that re uh, rebirth in, in the NFL, right? The season ends. It's uh it's, you know, it's a rebirth. Everybody's rejuvenated and away we go. And everybody has optimism, um, you know, that they can be uh, the San Francisco 49ers or the Kansas City Chiefs this year or the Detroit Lions. You know, that's that's their hope with a lot of these teams. And there's going to be one that ultimately does it. And wouldn't surprise me if, if Mike McDonald and the Seattle Seahawks are in that place next year. Okay, really the final thing here. How pissed off would you be as a player? Maybe not. If what happened uh, with... Uh, Detroit with the decision not to kick and the game is decided by three. What do you think the players just in general are thinking after that game when the coach comes in and says, yeah, we may not get back here ever again. I, you know, I thought, I thought it, it could, it showed me how much they, they knew that Dan Campbell was a good coach and had their back because they did not come out uh, That's good. and say yeah. anything. That's fair. But I also felt like that could have been a bit of enabling too. You know, if I was Jared Goff in that moment, you know, I'm looking over the sideline knowing, knowing for a fact that if they go back up three scores with, you know, a quarter and a half to go, there may not be enough possessions left for San Francisco to actually, you know, win the game. They would have scored four out of their five possessions so far in the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the difference in confidence 
and motivation and momentum? Do they fumble on the next snap of the next drive like they did? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. And I feel like, you know, he took that away from him. He made the decision at the end of the first half. He already made the decision. It was it was a no-brainer for him. He kicked the field goal before halftime. Do the same thing here. You match them one for one. If you can go another half a quarter and, and you know, just exchange points with them, you're, you're right in the spot. And I do believe if they attempt that field goal and he makes it, I mean, kicker's still got to make it. Yeah, that's um, right. I believe they're playing the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. And, or just uh, catch the football. Man, he was, it was... It was a good play. I mean, it, it I was know, a good man. play. It was a good frustrating. throw. It was all of that. It was it was execution uh, on all fronts, coaching, players, all of it. Um, Jared Goff played extremely well, and I'd be if, if I were Jared, I'd be really disappointed uh, in some of the decisions that were made above his head there. Um, Ryan, I'm going to start playing your kicker rant to get fired up in the morning. By the way, that yeah. was that was brilliant. oh yeah, right. loved it. I'm I'm ready to go. They're weird dudes. That's going to be my new alarm clock setting. And that's your coming from me. Kickers. Yeah, and that's coming from me. So you gotta. I'm a weird dude too. So I mean, that's like, you know, that's, that's save here. That's weird sauce. Save here. Yep. Hey, uh, will we see the straight line pod and Ryan Leaf out in Vegas next week? The Super Bowl? No, we won't. Oh, uh, first okay. time I'll be missing. First time I'll be missing the Super Bowl since uh, Super Bowl Fifty. Um, I am firmly placed uh, I at home now. Yep. And newborn duty. Yep. And uh, my wife's uh, motioning towards me, and she's. T- <laughs> Taking our son to uh, um, to Winter Wonderland. I'm gonna go feed him. Okay, go feed her. Hey, uh, appreciate you as always, and we'll get some dinner recommendations those from are, you, like always. Those are bigger priorities you got yeah. there, Ryan. Thank you so Thank much, you, man. man. Appreciate it. Us. All right, fellas, have a good trip next week. Yeah, man. Talk to you later. We'll chat soon. Uh, there's uh, Ryan Leaf. Always great. Casa Vega was the That's restaurant it. that That's it. one of the ones he recommended That's in it. LA You're was right. the one we went to. That was the the restaurant from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We talked about that before the show today, and it just clicked Casa in Vega. my mind. That's Casa right. Vega. And, and we needed to see Ryan, dude. Hear it. Yeah. That's right. Chad, uh, weekend's going to be fun. It is. I will not be watching the Pro Bowl. I will not either. I will be coaching eight and under girls in a softball tournament, indoor softball tournament. Be reading more statements from the NCAA and, yeah. and other programs, I'm sure. I'm sure there's more statements to come over the That's weekend. Right. We're back at it on Monday, and then tons of coverage all next week from Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. Uh, Alke is going to have a, a plethora of hosts and uh, producers and uh, behind-the-scenes crew on site, ready to bring uh, the the top coverage. There. Content, 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 tons, content. We're going to have tons. a lot of it. Yeah, we get to see uh, uh, Chad and I in our reaction to the Strip, the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, in awe. Maybe we'll recreate some famous movie scenes, like we, we did at Casa Vega with Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We'll do all of them. We'll, we'll do it all. We'll do it all. We start on Monday. Hope you join us four o'clock Eastern right here for Hot Mike with Adam Withrow.